0: Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. That's great. Thank you, Brother Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian? Brother Brian? For bringing that word and encouragement and remembering to be thankful for this sacrifice. Uh, We're looking at the idea of freedom and the idea that freedom is not free. It always costs and costs dearly. Uh, I was mentioning to my wife yesterday I'm going to I'm going to seek to revolutionize the world because the world thinks that what I'm going to ask you what is the color of love what color represents love red, red. wrong <laughs> I believe it's green I believe red represents freedom because freedom always costs blood Freedom always costs blood. The red and the white of the stripes. Speaking of that cost. And human price. But the greatest price of all paid for us. By Jesus the Christ of God. Who said you can't take my life from me. I lay it down. And no greater love has any man than this. But that he lay down his life. Wow. And he did it for his enemies. He did it for his enemies. How many of you have been touched by that sacrifice by Jesus? Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and thanks. Something we like to do is brag on people and honor. The scripture says, "Honor, give honor to those who, to whom honor is due. And we have an opportunity to honor and bless and give a gift to do very two very special people that are part of our congregation this morning. And so I want to invite... Uh, First of all, Joel Humphreys to come, and as Joel comes, and you know, you can bring Mom and Dad if you'd feel better, Joel. I don't. Is is, is he okay solo? It's up to you, Mom and Dad. He's he'll be with Pastor Doug. So, are you okay coming up and standing with me, Joel? Okay, all right, all right. Give him a hand, Joel Humphreys. And then if I could have, uh, join me, Rose Serenil or Rose Flores. We know her by Rose by any other name, right? (laughs) And so as she comes, we want to brag on these two. Joel has been part of Brewer High School. I had the pleasure of being at his graduation just a couple years ago and then going to IHOP and eating. Joel loves to go to IHOP. And they have a life skills development program there. And what Joel has been involved with is job training. He's been learning how to work in a hospital, how to work in a coffee shop, and uh, how to work in a department store. So he's been learning life skills like that. And aren't you grateful for that and and thankful that Joel's been applying himself to that. We have been praying for Joel since he was, before he was born, (laughs) since before he was born. And then he was in part of the pride program with basic reading skills, housekeeping and cooking skills especially desserts how many of you looking forward to a joel humphreys dessert huh and so uh yes now rose if you come over and you scoot over by pastor doug a little bit more joel right over here right over here beside me i won't bite you in fact let's get him in the shot how about that stand right here i'm sorry i'm just running you everywhere stand right here beside me okay now come and stand right beside me here rose And then we, are we in the shot? I'm going to ask the producer. All right, everybody at home. I I can just imagine Vivian Logan saying, well, Pastor Doug, we can't see him. So uh, hello, Vivian. We miss you and love you. How many of you miss and love Vivian Logan? Yeah, let her know. (laughs) They're bringing down the house. And to the rest of you that are watching, this is Rose Flores, and she is a graduate recently from the University of Phoenix. Yeah. 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 She received her undergraduate in small business management and entrepreneurship. She also learned how to spell entrepreneurship while she was in that class. That was a whole semester, wasn't it? <laughs> and that happened on the 17th of January last year. I saw on the diploma, it was dated 17 January 2020. And then received a Bachelor of Science degree in business from the same university on 31 march 2021 amen give her a hand and what an encouragement that sometime after high school you can still go back and finish some some things right and that's to be commended because it'd be really easy just to sit down and quit but you didn't and you give the credit to the lord and to the people of the church you would ask for prayer and guess what it was about Lord help me not quit. Help me get this done. Help me to get this into my brain. And and she has gotten and received. She has received. I'm going to use that as if I know how to speak the English language. She has received a diploma with a bachelor's of science degree in uh, business. And so what we have for you is something uh, we just wanted to give you a little memento. This just happens to be a purse. Uh... This is not a purse, Joel. I just want to let you know. This is a carry bag, okay? They look, and we wanted to give you an opportunity. Just to open up that real quick and just move aside the paper and pull out what we got you. And I know, I know that Joel likes to wear a t-shirt. And let's get that opened up here, Joel. Let me, Pastor Doug will help you. And let's turn that bad boy around. Here we go. And it says, may the Lord be with you. But it looks like Star Wars. Alright, is that okay? Alright. And then over here, strength and dignity from Proverbs chapter 31. She is clothed with strength and dignity. So I'm sure that you'll have an opportunity to wear that. We're going to be looking for it, but not every Sunday. Just so you're off the hook. So would you just let them know you appreciate and love them. We celebrate you as you have worked so hard and diligently to get everything done here you hand that off to my wife on the way by. Thank you. All right. Well, here we are on Memorial Day, and I felt the Holy Spirit percolating something in my spirit over the last week, and then it began to expand, and I, I felt like this needed to be something that we really interacted with. And uh, the, the overall idea is that God wants to take things which are invisible And make them visible. Now, we know at the same time, faith operates to help us to deal with invisibility. But faith also operates to connect us with the very real grace of God. That that God who has created the physical universe and has taken invisible things and made them visible very tiny thing, and use them building blocks together to build a tangible universe. After all, we look around the room, can you see me? I can see you. (laughs) Even if you close your eyes, I can still see you. Now, I can only pretend that I see those people in Facebook and YouTube. I just happen to know that they're there because I see some indicators that they're there. And so God loves to take that which is intangible and otherwise invisible, And make it warm and real and something you can put your fingers around and that can absolutely change and reshape your life and your destiny. In fact, he says, for this reason was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. This is not sight unseen by faith in a realm far away that we can't grasp. But this is absolutely real and tangible because this same Jesus said the enemy comes to steal and to kill and destroy but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And what does that mean? That means that your life is tangibly changed by that which cannot be seen yet is real and changes and transforms our life and we get to do something. We get to build a memorial. I want to challenge you this morning, if you haven't already started, if you've started, I'm going to encourage you on the construction. But if you haven't started yet, I'm going to challenge you, in short, to quit being satisfied with only that which is invisible and move actively into the place of not resting in contentment until something that is promised and something which is unseen becomes real and tangible. Until it shows up in the fabric of your life. Until it shows up in the reality of your relationships. And at times, until it shows up in your bank account. Boy, I almost lost you right there. How many of you know that's real? Paying bills is real. But I've got great news for you. The provision of God is real. Some of us need to engage and make real and see and realize The grace of God made visible and tangible with the salvation of people that we're praying for. People who were lost becoming found. People who were sick being healed. Those who were bound being delivered. And lives being changed and transformed in a very real way. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Build a memorial. I had the opportunity several times to be in the Washington, D.C. area. And I took a picture similar to this. I can't take credit for it. But you can put your camera right up to a chain link fence and take a picture on the expansive farm, former farm of Robert E. Lee. Now Arlington Memorial Cemetery and see the wonderful geometry of headstone after headstone after headstone. Do you notice it's a stone? It is a tends to be a very long-lasting memorial so that when you look at it, you can see engraved upon it the shortest story ever told, but a powerful one of each one of these marking somebody who was a soldier and fell in battle or had seen battle in later past. In fact, out in this Arlington Cemetery, you can find an actor by the name of Lee Marvin, at least his body. Under a headstone. Large, larger than life, great people. People you will never know their name otherwise. You can walk for miles amongst these tombstones. These kind of memorial cemeteries have shown up around the globe. We have one here in Arlington. Where people are interred to memorialize the fact that they hazarded and risked their lives. Their fortunes and their sacred honor. For the sake of the idea that has made real freedom. Something which was spoken of theoretically, then it became very real and realized and enshrined in a constitution and fought for for over 250 years. Right here in this nation. If you walk out to the Washington Mall, you can look and then walk over towards the cherry blossoms, you can see a memorial called the Jefferson Memorial, capturing some of the essential work of Thomas Jefferson, some of his essential thoughts, engraved in stone around the circular wall and engraved upon placards about the place to capture something about Thomas Jefferson. You can walk to the western end of the National Mall and see the famous Lincoln Memorial walk into that and see those words engraved that he had given himself and i can't read it here it's too small neither can you but some of the famous words of thomas jefferson or thomas, abraham lincoln and then on the side walls the famous speech of gettysburg words of the emancipation proclamation announcing the release of those enslaved why did they build a memorial? Because people tend to forget. People ceased to be mindful, and what they cease to be mindful of slips away from them. God himself said, write these words upon the frontlets and upon your wrists and your hands. Put them upon the walls of your house so that you can what? Remember what does God know about his magnificent creation called humanity that we are notorious at forgetting I'm curious without raising a hand what brave soul in this room a man who is married would dare to slip up his hand or at least mentally assent to the idea with a oh no that they've forgotten that all important date called an anniversary what well, this is important This was the birth and the beginning of a new creation, a man and a wife that had never existed before this wonderful new creation before God, this covenant of marriage. And yet what happens? It gets forgotten. Now, in all fairness, there are times that the ladies say, now, was it this date or that date? And they hit it within one. But some of us guys get in trouble because we can't even hit it within the month. And she wonders what's happened here. I've forgotten. It slipped my mind. Now, something so important as an anniversary or a birthday can be forgotten or misremembered. My own mother who gave birth to me Uh Uh would celebrate my birthday on the 11th of November, not the 12th. Uh And this OCD guy that has to have everything just right, that can't celebrate Christmas until after the stroke of midnight, and the calendar actually changed to the 25th of December, uh, that guy sat there at a wonderful party, the biggest party he had ever had, with the bitter sweetness of the feeling, but today's the 11th. Now, if the one who gave you birth argues with you about what your birthday is, what does that tell you? It can be forgotten. Even the most important days can be forgotten. The most important things can be forgotten. So here's what we need to do. I want to challenge every one of us in this room to be better at building a memorial. Let's every one of us throw ourselves like never before into the task of building a memorial. I'm finding in my own life a transition where for most of my life I have been so focused upon the philosophical, the theological, and the invisibility of God and content to place my faith in Him that I have overlooked the importance of bringing into reality the reality of His nature, His character, and what He wants to do in the physical. I have been utterly content to know what He does with the invisible, but at times I forget what God can do With the life that is physical, what He can do in healing, what He can do in salvation, it's real, it's tangible, and people can observe the change. They all can see it and say, it's real, He's real because I've seen what He's done in your life. And so I'm trying to make a more aggressive connection to the idea that at Vision Church, we do a better job at building memorials. That we know that we forget, but that we can look to tangible things to remind us. We can look to people to remind us of his grace. We can look to situations and circumstances. And we can regale our family with what we know about God because of this physical evidence that we have seen. Think about that. Isn't that exciting? To get back to the idea of building a memorial. Right here on this stage, you can see, and the Mr. Producer is going to bring that up for those at home, otherwise they'll see me pointing over here aimlessly and wondering what in the world I'm looking at. Maybe it could make them, uh, stir them up to uh, do everything they can to get to church, and that's, that's great. But meanwhile, we want you to see and be a part this morning, and you might have to go out and dig in your garden in order to fully participate with what we're doing. But right here on this stage, we have a representation. In fact, I can come over here, and I can knock on this. This is tangible. This is real. This is heavy. This is a formed concrete block. And right down here are some river stones. These are not potatoes. Some of you are imagining these baked with butter... And sour cream and chives and right beside them perched a wonderful filet mignon and shame on you, you shouldn't be thinking about lunch even if Pastor Doug inspires you to because in just a little while it'll still be breakfast time when we leave. Right? And so here you have, these are not potatoes, these are substantial. These are fit for stoning. These can be lethal. These right here can cause damage. These are real. These are tangible. These are substantial. And God is looking to do something so real and substantial in our life that it will be undeniable to the most skeptical amongst us. That they will look at it and they will realize we can't gainsay that, we can't argue against that because we see it. We see it happening in your life. And then we get to tell people the real stories of the things that seem incredible, but they really happen. And we can look at the evidence and we can tell the story about this is how life was and this was the look on my face and this is how I lived and this was me. Can you believe it? Look at the before picture. Look here. And then we can show the after picture and say, this is after I met Jesus. This is after he healed me. This is after he delivered me. This is after he set me free. This is after he healed our marriage. This is after he showed me how to live. This is, and people will say, you doctored that photograph. You're making that story up. That's just too amazing. Say no. It is amazing because God's amazing grace. But I'm in the business of building a memorial. Now where do we get that from? Let's look at Joshua chapter 3. Uh, chapter 1 verse 1 through chapter 4 verse 7 and i'm just going to highlight some portions of verses as we move through this and by the way this week we're going to go through a devotional each day a meditation each day to take us through this context of scripture and uh, it's a lot of slides but we're going to move very quickly through it because i want to hit that and then bring something to your understanding because today when we leave this place we're going to be more dedicated before than before to building a memorial Look at the construction crew. Look at around the room. This is a construction crew. And in every one of us in our lives, God is wanting to build a memorial. So early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. How many of you know we're in the following business? God is moving. God is on the move. God is not interested in being static and still. He's interested in your life at being on the move. But here's the thing. We tend to be against change. Well, darling, if you're against change... Maybe your first prayer needs, Lord, help me to be more comfortable with change. Because one thing, the one who changes not, knows that we need to change a lot. Amen? God doesn't need the change. You need the change. It's uncomfortable. But God is here to bring a change. And in order to do that, here's what you need to do. Be willing to move out from your position. You know what we do? We like to take a position that never has to change. Then we get comfortable And we stop moving. That's not what God wants. If we're going to build a memorial, we need to move. In fact, you could argue that that first M in memorial means move. Now, don't panic. I don't have an acrostic message for all the letters of memorial. I just am saying it's interesting that move and memorial both begin with M. Then you will know which way to go. Now, how many of you would rather know the way to go than move? God guides moving people. He doesn't guide sitting still people you got to get moving. When you start moving, you're going to feel insecure because you're not quite sure where you're going. And God says, that's okay, I like my people to be in that mode. Willing to move, not sure where they're going. You will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. God wants to take us where we've never been before. Otherwise, we wouldn't need God, would we? We would just go back to the places that nostalgia takes us. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. That's about 75 to 80 yards. That's like almost a football field. Keep a distance between you and the ark. Let's not treat the presence of God with such familiarity that we become disrespectful of how close he wants to be with us. Amen? Have you ever heard that phrase, familiarity breeds contempt? This is what soaks into religious people all the time. This is what happened to the high priest. This is what happened to the cultists of Israel. They got so familiar with the things of God, dealing with the holy place, dealing with the holy of holy place, tearing it down, setting it up, that they became complacent and treated God commonplace. But I'm here to tell you, I don't think I need to tell you this. God is so awesome, so overwhelming, so amazing. He is able to do beyond what we can ask or think. He is spectacular. He is amazing. And don't you? want to give him a clap offering of praise right now so joshua told the people consecrate yourselves what does it mean to consecrate set yourself apart from your regular stuff for them it meant taking a bath the israelites took baths when no other nations took baths except for the royalty god says I like you clean and smelling good because it reminds me of what I want to do with your spirit. Because I, it's bad enough putting up with your spirit and all the junk in there, but at least your body ought to be clean. My grandmother said cleanliness was next to godliness. She thought that should be in the Bible, argued that it was. It's not. But I want to tell you something. If you're going to come close to the Lord, you need to get some cleanliness into your life. You need to get the junk out. You need to clean out the drawers. You need to be consecrated. You need to be set apart to go after God. This is why prayer and fasting is so important. Setting aside the meal and say, God, nothing is more important to me than receiving spiritual food so much that I'll set aside physical food. Nothing is more important to relating to you and becoming more intimate with you than I'll lay aside my normal human relations with my spouse that you have given me in order to draw closer to you in intimacy. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. I like this. The Lord will do amazing things among you. How many of you are about ready for the Lord to do amazing things amongst us? Amen. I'm ready for God to do some amazing things at Vision Church. I'm, I want the Martin household to be touched with amazing things. I want to hear the testimonies from every family in this church that's been challenged and has responded to the challenge to begin building a memorial, making something tangible in their life that re- demonstrates and represents God, that that there will be a powerful story that will begin to resonate in this congregation where people have a testimony restored to them and they said, God is doing Amazing things. Amen? Wave your flag if you're for amazing things. I just, <laughs> we've got to use that handheld thing, get you involved here. So Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people, so they took it up and went ahead of them. Aren't you glad God's gone ahead of you? It's impossible to go into an area that God's called you that He doesn't know entirely. He's already scouted it out. He says, don't worry about it. Where I've called you to go, I've already been. I understand every detail. I know where the giants are. I know about the, the chariots of iron. I know the difficulties. I know every hurdle, everything that you seems is against you, and you're wondering why in the world I'm calling you there. Why? Because he wants to do something tangible in your life that is amazing, that is undeniable and unforgettable. Amen? How many of you are ready for God to do something unforgettable in this church? Something unforgettable in your family that you tell for 10 years that you tell for 15 years i went to a church and i grew up in a church in salem ohio with that people became addicted to that idea began to pray about that idea and people young people's lives were powerfully touched by seeing the amazing things of god and as a result over 30 to between 30 and 50 young people devoted their life to ministry on the mission field and in pastoral ministry and in lay ministry around the nation why because we are being raised up with an expectation that God is not just out there somewhere watching silently, but that tomorrow He wants to do something amazing in your life. How many of you need your Monday to be disrupted by an amazing thing of God? Would you put your hands together and and applaud Him? Yes. The Lord even had a word for Joshua, and He says, uh, Today I'll begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Don't you want people to know God is with you? What would it sound like if your neighbor said, God's with you? Isn't that powerful? When your friends say, I've known you for a long time, and I'm here to tell you, God's with you. Wow, what's going on? It just seems like God is with you. Don't you want people to come and visit at Vision Church, and when they leave, say, man, all I know is it seems like God is with you. That when they go home, they sense his presence and say, not only does God want to be with them, but he wants to be with me. He wants to be the God who is there. In fact, that's his name, God with us, Emmanuel. So they may know that I'm with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Now, he didn't say go take a jump in the lake. He said go and stand in the river it's going to require going and taking a stand in a place that doesn't seem like a good place to take a stand. Where should you take a stand? Not on the soft sand of the riverbank. You should take a stand on the rock. You should take a stand on high ground. But you never take a stand in a river. This doesn't work for military conquest. This doesn't work in life. And yet, what does God tell them? Tell the priest to go and stand in the river. The river, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord, your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. I like that. How many of you know that he wants you to know that he's with you? Not only your neighbors need to know you need to know you need to get up in the morning with the sense that he's with me. God is with me. He's committed to me. He's covenanted with me. He's there with my uprising and my going out, my down sitting. He knows my thoughts from afar off according to the 139th Psalm. He gets it. He's with me. He doesn't leave and go. He doesn't come and go. He is camped out. He's committed. He is with me. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. I love one of those statements. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said this. He says, Jesus is not only personified as a lion, but he's not tame. How many of you like that? There seems to be an unpredictability about the living God. How many of you have ever thought that you had it figured out, and then when God did it, did the thing, you found yourself saying this, I know God did it, but boy, I didn't expect that. That's what happens when you serve the living God. God. When you serve a dead God, He's predictable, and He always does it a certain pattern, a certain way. And you know all of His ways. You can write it down, and you can boil it down into index cards to coach you. But I'm here to tell you, He wants to reveal Himself as the living God. Which means there's a level of unpredictability to Him. And when you think He's going to come from the north and does it, He's going to come from the south and do it. When you think he's going to come at a certain time, he doesn't show up at that time. When when you're looking below, he comes in from above. There is always a sense of unpredictability and yet reliability in serving the living God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. And... That he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergeshites, Amorites, and Jebusites. How many of you feel like you have at least seven enemies opposing you? Huh? You ever feel like there's some adversity in your life? You're right. You have an enemy against you. You have unclean spirits against you. You have fallen angels against you. You have human beings that are well-intentioned that are against you. You have human beings that are evil-intentioned against you and you have innocent people who don't know which way to go, they'll throw in their lot against you. You have a lot of enemies, but don't get discouraged. Don't get upset at the people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. We know all of that, but here's something even better. We serve the living God, and he is with us, and we can know it. And he will go before us and drive out our enemies so that when we encounter them, we will see them running away, not running towards us. Would you give the Lord a hand clap? That's great news. See, the, see? the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. What does the ark typify? The presence of God. The very presence of God is going to go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. Here's where we get to build the memorial. Are you ready? And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Now, how many of you have ever seen water cut off? Well, it's a physical structure called a dam. A dam. We've seen those before, haven't we? But how about this one? Try this one. How many of you seen waters pile up? Uh, we've seen a wave, but a wave never stays there. A wave comes and disperses its energy upon the shore. What are the watching? Something that water does not do under normal conditions, and that is water never piles up and sits still. Water is always seeking the lowest level now if you see this you can be relatively sure that this is not usual in fact i'll go so far as to say you are seeing something that is happening because of the intervention of the creator of heaven and earth that god is who is invisible is revealing his power and authority moving his hand, speaking the word and he is piling up water In order to stand in the Jordan, you've got to have a place to stand. So God needs to make a way for you. And I'm here to tell you, God's presence always makes a way for his will. Always, always, always. And if he needs to take the natural laws of physics and put them on pause, he is the commander of the universe He speaks a word and things are created. He also speaks a word and they must obey him. He not only sets the boundary of the sea and says this far and no further, but he can speak to the river Jordan and say, how about if you back up and pile up for a while and just chill because I have something I need to do in front of the people of Jericho. Amen? If God can stand up the waters of the Jordan, I'm wondering. Here's the application where are the Jordan waters flowing in your life, impassable, at flood stage? The melt of the snowpack on Lebanon is streaming down. All of the springs are dumping and engorged rivers into the Jordan, and it is wide. It's out of its banks, and it's flowing past, and it's flowing fast. And you're standing there and saying, you're hearing that song in your head as you hum it. Have you any rivers you think are uncrossable? Wait a minute. God's told me to go and stand in the river. But I can't do that. It's flowing fast. It'll sweep me away. Even if I put all the rocks I can carry in my pocket, I'm not going to be able to stand in that river. Wait a minute. If God's telling you to do something, it's only something you can do by his power and with his anointing. And so what do they do? They obey. So when the people broke camp across the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. How would you like to have been one of those priests? Okay, we're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, but that's not heavy enough. And after a while, we're going to be in over our head. And I don't think we can hold our breath enough, long enough to walk across this treacherous, swollen river to get to the other side. This is impossible. Maybe they make their final goodbyes to each other on the bank. Nice knowing you, Fred. Sure thing, Stanley. It's been a great ministry in the temple, hasn't it been? We know this will float because it's wood. God's ark will go on down the river. Wonder where, how he'll preserve it. But we're going down for the count. They began. So when they stepped into the river, they had to step in. Now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during the harvest, and yet as soon as the priests, as soon as the priests, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam. In the vicinity of Zarathan. How many of you would like to have been in in Adam with a webcam? To get the picture. Those people told the story. You're never going to believe this. What? The river Jordan during the flood stood up in a heap and stopped flowing downstream. I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen that before? No. And all the scientists get together and prove how water always flows downstream and you can't make it stand up. But they said, we know what we saw. It's unforgettable. The water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, that it stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by. Seventy-five yards on either side. No closer than. That means that's a pretty wide spot. If it's in the middle and it's got to be a 75-yard buffer zone, and you've got to get a million, two million, three million people passing by, we're talking about a wide crossing. And they've got to avoid the ark. So they've got a part around that ark by about 75 or 80 yards. That's 150 yards right there. This is astounding. How many of you know God knows how to make a way through a river? Not just a single path, but something shoulder to shoulder that people can move through. And it says, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. You know, God's not going to bail out on you. He's got the whole enchilada for you, and you need to hang in there with him because he can bring the whole nation across. So when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Bring it in for landing already. Are you ready? Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones. Guess how many stones are right there in this small not-to-scale model? 12, from right where the priests are standing. What are they doing? They've walked into a river, and they're standing on a rock. They're standing on a firm foundation in the middle of a river. Take one for each tribe that's represented. Now, there's actually more than 12 tribes. There's specifically 12 tribes That are represented in this carrying of the stones. And carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. And then I'm going to skip forward to slide number 28 to serve as a sign among you in the future. How many of you like signs? Comedian says, Here's your sign. What's a sign? It is a tangible, physical reality of that which is understood to be invisible and eternal. And I'm here to tell you something. God is not stingy with his sti- signs. And if what you need is a sign to believe, he'll give it to you. If you need us a, a fleece to be wet and then dry, he'll give it to you. His desire is for taunt like Thomas. He says, Thomas, I want you to believe and no longer be in doubt. And if putting a finger in my side will seal the deal, I'll appear to you and show you my side. And I'll show you my hands. And I won't treat you like a redheaded stepson. I'll say it's better to have not seen and yet believe, but I'm here to tell you something else. It's not a curse to need to see something in order to believe. Amen? We need to move into the mode of showing people Things that they can tangibly see and appreciate that speaks to them about the reality of God. They struggle with faith, and you struggle with faith, and I struggle with faith. And what is it that I need? I need a sign. I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. I need a demonstration. And there's a whole group of people that want to say God's done giving demonstrations, and I'm here to say baloney. Baloney. God has never stopped being willing to give demonstrations. And we live today in a time like never before where people need a tangible demonstration of the reality of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the miraculous power of God, and that they have a reason to entrust their life into the hands of the creator of the universe. Would you give Him a hand clap this morning of praise? These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel for ever. So here's what they do: they come and they see a unique rock, a unique pile of rocks that doesn't belong there, piled up in an area with a totally different geology. And they look at that, and as kids will do, they'll look and notice a difference. Those are unique and unusual. That's different. Why is that there? And what a beautiful rest of the story. That adult, that uncle, that grandpa, that somebody who's sitting nearby when they ask that question, why is this stack of stones standing here? It's like the rancher said, if I come across a post in, the, in my uh, pasture and I find a tortoise sitting on the post... I know he didn't get there by himself. So as we look at this pile of rocks, what do you know? How many of you thought, I guess the wind blew just right, and somehow those rocks tumbled in and assembled themselves on the platform? No. You looked at that and said, I wonder who put those there, and I wonder why they're there. Got you curious, didn't I? Now you're asking the question, What is that, Pastor Doug? Why, that is a representation of a memorial. That in the land of Israel, just west of the bank of the Jordan, that stack stood. Men, strong men had put it on their shoulder. Maybe 80-pound rocks, large. They had grunted and sweated and strained and pulled those rocks from the middle of the Jordan and put it where they camped that night. They had to go. It wasn't on the banks. It was further inland. And they built that so that kids would look at it. So others that later didn't see the waters piled up and crossing would look and start the conversation by saying, what is that? That's different. That's unique. Why is that there? And that gives us the perfect opening to say, we walked across that Jordan River on dry ground because God opened up the river. It was football fields wide they didn't even know what a football field was then that would really made them a prophet wouldn't it and they took those rocks that belong in the middle of that river and put it up on the land and this is a reminder that god can do anything this is the reminder that if he has to open up a river to give you a foundation to stand on he will this says that he will move heaven and earth in order to affirm to you his grace, his love, and his strength, that if you will trust in his presence and follow where he leads, you're going to see some things that will give you some stories to tell. You're going to have some tangible evidence of the grace of God and the miraculous power of God. And so they took one from each tribe. Those had been testimonies in the life of Leah, Bilhah, Zilpha. And Rachel, and they named those boys names like son, hear, God hears me, praise, I lift the praise to God, God has judged between me and an enemy, I have wrestled with the Lord, and I've wrestled with circumstances, how many of you feel like you're wrestling? Another name was, meant the favor of God, to live in a fog, now how many of you had brain fog? How many of you are ready for a different fog? How about the favor of God? And say, I can't explain it, but things have just been working so well in my life. Throw your hands up and say, thank God. I have realized something. God has done something tangible in my life and has expressed his favor in such a way that touches my family, our relationships, our home, our pets, and our bank account. Would you give the Lord a hand clap? The favor of God. How about Happiness. When the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, is restored to you. How about a return? When you have invested and invested and invested in faith, in someone, in a situation, in tithing, and giving, supporting missions, whatever it is you've called to an investment, and you get a return for your labor. What is that? That's a time to praise God. Go to the middle of the Jordan, pull that bad boy out of there, cart it up on the bank, set it in your life and say, I'm building a memorial. God has given me a return. How about honor? I've seen honor come into my life. There's another generation that's risen up and called me blessed. There are those that are honoring me after I've invested honor. Go dig that rock out of the middle where it's right by the feet of the priest and under the presence of God. It's safe. It's not going to collapse in on you. Go grab that rock, tote it up on the bank, and build a memorial. How about power? How many of you need to see the power of God in your life? How about release? Someone who needs deliverance. How about fruitful? You know what? As I looked through that list, I looked at that and said, number one, I'm thankful. I'm going to take one of these stones this morning, and I'm going to take it. In fact, I'm going to take it right now, and I'm going to take this marker out of this basket. By the way, there's plenty for everybody, rocks and markers. And on this, I'm going to write the word son, because what the Lord has done in my life is he's He's brought me into a place where I feel confident that I'm his son. That I cry, Abba, Father. He's done a work in my life where I can look back with thanksgiving and say, You know what? God's brought me through the Jordan. and It, was, it looked scary. I didn't know if I was going to make it. it was, there, was a, there was a stream flowing, raging current. But he called me and I walked in and he showed me that I'm his son. That I'm not a second class citizen or he's not interested in hearing from me. But he calls me son in the beloved and he loves to call me his son. And I went and grabbed the rock in thanksgiving and I labeled it son. And then I want to reach down here because there's something I believe in God for. It's in one of the names of the sons of Israel, which is the name of Ephraim. He has made me fruitful. This is my prayer. God is going to take me into the Jordan. All the uncertainties, all the conflict, all the chaos, all the strong currents. And I'm going to go there in his presence. And I'm going to reach down and we're going to lever out a big old piece of rock and put it on my shoulder. And I'm going to walk a fair distance away from that shore. And I'm going to start building a memorial. And that's going to be a memorial I build in Thanksgiving. And says, I thank you, Lord, that I stand on a solid ground. Of being your son. And there's something I'm looking towards the future for. And that is Lord I want to build a memorial. There's some stones that need to go onto that foundation of thanksgiving. And one of them needs to be fruitful. So here's the question. Where is the place in your life you can look back. And say thank you God. You brought me out of that. Where's the place that you're looking and saying, God, I want to build a memorial for you, and I need more than one stone. Thanksgiving's a great place to start, and what you've done in my life, Lord, I'm thankful. But there's something more you want to do in my life, and it's going to require me going in there by faith into the middle of that Jordan River, trusting that that water is not going to crash in on me because your presence is holding it back, and I'm going to lever out a rock, and with your help and with your grace... We're going to get this done. And I'm going to have a tangible expression in my life of fruitfulness. I'm going to have a deliverance. I'm going to see relationships rebuilt in my life. I'm going to see something happen in my family. I'm going to see something happen in my church. Vision Church has got to be fruitful. Vision Church has got to move into a place of planting seed and watering and harvesting. We have got to have a harvest at Vision Church. We've got to have fruitfulness. And it's going to require. Then when we do that, what is it? Building a memorial. The people can walk and look at that stack of stones in our life. And we say, oh, they're just stones. Oh, no. How'd they get there? What's the story behind them? And now we have a story. This is what God has done in my life. He can do this in your life too. We all got to walk through the Jordan. We all were called to walk by his presence. Keep our respectful distance and realize we're going to obey. He's the one who gets it done. It's his power, his might, his glory. So here's what I like for you to do. The team's going to come back and lead us into some time of worship. And as they do, this is going to be a great thanksgiving time and a great prayer time is going to be a great opportunity to for you to sit there maybe for a minute or two and just think holy spirit what are you saying to me holy spirit the very same presence of the holy spirit that was in the middle of that jordan is now here with me and i've got a word for you he wants you to get into the mode of building a memorial keep building keep going on keep moving on with that memorial. And so as they're worshiping, just leading in worship, it's going to be a great opportunity for response. You might need to get somebody to come up here and get you a stone and a pen. You might just lean over to somebody and say, hey, could you go up? It's going to really take me a while to get up there. Somebody would be willing to help you. But right there in your seat with that stone or two, get two. One, thankful for what God has done in your life. And the other one, a single single word that speaks about Lord, this is what I want to see built. We're not done. There's something you want to do. There's something you want to do in building this memorial. And and you want to do it in Jesus' name. So as Tasha opens up that worship, make this a time of response and come up right here by this altar and, and grab a pen, grab two stones, return to your seat, and in the time of worship, let God show you how you can build the memorial. Maybe you just slip up a hand. Maybe you have that rock in your hand. Say, Lord, I know you want to do amazing things in my life. You want to do astounding things in my life. You want to do substantial things in my life. You want to do something in my life that can be measured. That you can tell the story about and that other people say, I know because I saw it happen. Not only did the water stand up in a heap upstream, but they parted hundreds of yards wide so we could walk and get across quickly and out of the middle of that flood god gave me a substantial foundation stone that now is here in my life that rock didn't come from here it came from over there and the adversity the difficulty and whether it's a healing It's a deliverance, a mighty demonstration of God's power. While you lift up that rock to Him right now, I just want to pray over you and bless you before I let you go. Lord, we just declare that You are amazing. You are going to do amazing things in our life tomorrow. You're going to do amazing things, substantial things, physical things, real things, things that can be measured things that we can put our fingers around, things that we can put our hands around, not just theoretical things, not things in the sweet by and by, but you're going to do things to express yourself in the here and now, you're going to do it in our individual lives, and you're going to do it in the life of Vision Church of the Assemblies of God in Lake Worth, Texas. Lord, you are going to bring bounty, you're going to bring fruitfulness, you're going to bring provision out of the spirit of thanksgiving and joy and trust and walking with you, Lord, our eyes are going to see it and we're going to tell the stories of it. So Lord, we ask that you help us get ready. And Lord, help us to build a real and substantial memorial to you in our lives and in the life of our church. And Lord, we pray that together in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen and Amen. Just a word to you before I release you to let you go and it's this. At least for the next month or so, We're going to have some praise and worship in the beginning and communion in the middle through the service and have a time of worship at the end. And here's what this is for. Because we want to make more real the grace of God in our life, even in the context of our experience in the service. And so if you need special prayer over an issue, you want to kind of respond to the message, you want to be born again and come to these altars and pray, that we're going to take that last 10 minutes... 15 to 10 minutes of the service and still try to target 11 o'clock. We're working on it. We're getting closer. We had a few special things today. But here's what we want to do. If you want to respond to that, it's going to be open for response. I'll be up here. Others may be up here to pray with you and to help you respond to that message. Maybe get something tangible done in your life by way of a miracle. Amen? The presence and the power of God and us saying, we're making place for you and room for you. And I also want to let you know that if you need to slip out and need to go, that as we're into that time of response and worship, we're going to have someone in the foyer to simply bless you and love on you and hug your neck as you go and and release you in Jesus' name. So it's not about getting up tight or feeling like you're getting up in the middle and have to leave or have an appointment or something like that. We just want you to know it's going to be a time of response to the Lord. And at that time, if you need to go, then you'll be released and someone will be there to hug on the necks of our visitors and make connection with them. And that's what we're going to be doing. I just wanted to let you know what's up, especially during this summer as we're just going to try this out and test this out. But here's the objective. To really consecrate ourselves and really make time and place for the Holy Spirit to take what He's trying to speak to us in our praise and our worship and in our preaching and actually... What do you know? Respond to it. Isn't that great? Because what? God wants to do something tangible and real in your life that you can carry outside these doors and build a memorial with and make the difference in somebody else's lives. Amen? So, Lord, bless you. As you stand to your feet, I just want to say this. Grace and peace and abundance upon you and go in the presence and the knowledge of the presence of God and go with the expectation that He wants to do something tomorrow in my life that is amazing everybody say amazing and with that i say the lord bless you grace and peace as you go